you are listening to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're an evangelical covenant church located in western Wisconsin outside of Ellsworth, and you can find out more about us on our website, BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and thank you for listening. So at Bethel uh, this month, we're, we're looking at um, three um, basic ideas um, in Scripture that are sometimes uh, much easier for us to think and say than they are for us to believe with our whole selves. And so last week, uh, we talked about um, this, this uh, again, obvious thing that you've heard probably a thousand times, that God, the God of the universe that made you and everything, uh, actually loves you personally. Now, we talked about how uh, God seeks us out uh, even when we had our backs turned to him. And actually, um, one of the most beautiful things about uh, baptizing a baby in church is uh, there's a reminder in that that when, we, um, when Jesus comes after us, it's not because of anything that we've done. Uh, it's not because uh, we've figured out who God is. It's not because we found God, but in fact, because he found us. And so when we do a baptism together, uh, we act that out by bringing, uh, by bringing Veya to, uh, to the church, to Christ's body, and inviting him to do uh, his work of grace um, and holding on to those promises for her in the hope that one day uh, she'll claim those promises for herself because we believe on this fundamental core level that God actually cares about us. He actually loves us even when we're far away. Um, and so that's what we talked about last week. Uh, this week um, we're, we're looking at uh, the next little statement and I've got that on another, on another slide, I think. Uh, and it's this. It's that we uh, can actually know God. Uh, that's what uh, John uh, 1 focuses on. In fact, the whole Gospel of John uh, uh, deals with, with this idea. Uh, the Bible teaches that we, as, as human beings, as small as we are, uh, compared to the God of the universe who made us and everything in our bodies and everything in it, we can actually, in some real way, know God. And, and maybe if you grew up in church, you've been in church a long time, uh, you take this for granted, uh, and you don't think about how kind of unbelievable this idea really is. You know, it, it's like um, building an ant farm and expecting the ants to learn your name. Like, they don't know who you are, they just know the glass, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the difference between you and an ant uh, is so big, the idea that an ant could know you is is crazy, yet the church teaches, the Bible teaches, that um, us, uh, you know, and you think about the distance between you and I and the God of the universe, it's much bigger than the difference between you and I and an ant, isn't it, right? You didn't make the ant. Uh, the ant's a creature just like you and I, but we believe that, uh, that you can know a God who is infinitely uh, further away from you, than uh, that ant is. Uh, you are more like the ant, I'm more like the ant, uh, than, than I'm like God, right? Uh, but somehow, uh, we can know God. Um, and so the question is, you know, how could we possibly know that? And John, uh, John 1 uh, talks about this. John uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. And, and I've got it here. I encourage you to open in a Bible. I don't have it all on the screen because we're going to jump around in it a little bit. 
Uh, but if you, if you read the Gospel of John, the very first thing, uh, the very first line, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, uh, we don't talk this, <laughs> this way very often, but, but what's going on here is, is that it's calling back to, to Genesis, when God speaks creation uh, into existence. Um, the author of John is, is picking up on that, and he's saying, the, the Word was there at the beginning, the Word is a part of God, and the Word is God. And so there's this, this idea of the Word. He continues, he says, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, through the Word, all things were made. Without Him, nothing that has been made has been made. In Him was life, and that light was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, so John says there's this thing called the Word, and he's going to flesh out what, what this is. Um, let's see, right here, so... Uh, the true light, uh, verse 9, that gives everyone light was coming into the world. This is the, the word world. Um, and through him, the world was made, right? Uh, and he talks about this light, this word. He says that the word came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Uh, so, so again, John is saying there's this force at work with God in the creation of everything that came to the earth. Um, John writes his gospel like a sixth grader writes an essay. You know, he's like, this is what I'm going to tell you about, and then he'll tell you about it. So he says, this is a summary. Uh, he continues in verse 14. He says, so the word, uh, that, that thing, that part of God, that uh, holy God thing um, that was active in creation, it became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and lived with us. And, and that you know, literally means that word, that power, that force, that had a hand in all of creation, that's a part of God, became a human being, and lived with uh, human beings just like you and I. Uh, John says, we have seen his glory, uh, the glory of the one and only Son, uh, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so John's saying, I'm going to tell you about this person. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. Uh, God himself uh, uh, enfleshed uh, like a human being uh, that walked along with us. And he continues in verse 18. He sort of sums it up. This is how you want like the short, uh, this is where one place where the Bible says this is how you know God. He says, verse 18, no one has ever seen God uh, but the one and only Son. Uh, he's still talking about the Word. He's talking about Jesus. No one's ever seen God but the Son, who is God and is in closest relationship with the Father, uh, who is himself God and is in closest relation with the Father. He has made him known. Uh, so uh, kind of a weird paragraph, but what John's trying to say is God himself uh, became flesh and walked around on earth and if you got to know that person, you got to know who God is. And if you read the whole Gospel of John, that, that's all that happens. It's a bunch of people uh, who meet Jesus and, and struggle with what Jesus' life and presence says about who, who God is. He gives away the answer on the first page. So John is trying to tell us this, this simple line, right? Uh, you can know God if you know Jesus, and the rest of the gospel is John showing his work. So if you want to know what God looks like, read, read the gospel of John, according to its author. Uh, so, you know, maybe to put it in, in uh, our example from earlier, you know, John basically says, Dear aunts, 
If you want to get to know who, uh, who Todd is, <laughs> look at the ant that Todd became. God became an ant to get to know ants like us. And if we want to know what God looks like, we've got to look at that person. Uh, later on, uh, John quotes Jesus in uh, John chapter 14, verses 6 through 11. You've heard this one before. Uh, Jesus answers, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying, the only way to get to know who God is, is to get to know who Jesus is. Verse 7, he says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you've seen him. Again, this is all kinds of, of um, this you know, beautiful story in, in the Gospel of John. All these actions, all these words, just to say this, that you can actually know who God is, and the way to know who God is, is to know who Jesus is. And if you read, this is, this is your like 10,000 foot summary, the whole Gospel of John, one of the most uh, interesting Gospels in the Bible, I encourage you to read it, but you'll just see this message again and again. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. If you want to know God, get closer to, to Jesus. So if Jesus is the way to get to know God, then, uh, then getting to know Jesus um, helps us learn who, who God is. So, so the rest of the Gospel of John, uh, you get to see how people deal with this reality. Um, this idea that you can know who God is by knowing Jesus. And, and every story, every miracle, everything that happens is, is in service of this idea. Every time Jesus heals somebody or says something or talks to someone or teaches something, everyone in the crowd gets to decide if they think that Jesus is really such a good picture of God or not. Um, many people uh, walked away from him because they saw what Jesus was doing and it didn't line up with who they thought God was. And so they said, no, I, I, they, they turned their back. Uh, but there were a few people, uh, and John mentions them in chapter 1, right, that, uh, that accepted, uh, accepted the light, that got to know who Jesus was and followed him. Uh, and they, um, they become uh, God's children. Uh, so, so John focuses on those people, right, the people that drew close to Jesus, who, who got to know him, uh, that he would call friends who, who didn't walk away. And it shows us, uh, as, as people today, um, what it takes uh, to get to know who, who God is. And, and it really takes two things. If you read John, I encourage you to read it. You'll see it. Uh, the first one is on, is on a slide right here. Uh, the first thing, oh, I messed this up. Yeah, that's fine. We're, we're going to start with the bottom one. Um, the first thing that we need to know uh, to get to know who Jesus is, we need to be ready uh, to be with Jesus. Oh, there it is. We need to be ready to be with him. If you read the Gospel of John, you'll find the one thing that those people who got to know who God was did, the one thing they did was they just literally got closer to him. Uh, they were in Jesus' proximity, just like you would get to know any other person. Uh, John puts it this way uh, in, in John 15, or Jesus puts it this way. He says, um, I am the vine, and my Father is the gardener. Skipping to verse 4, if you remain in me, I remain in you. Uh, no branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Jesus says, I'm like a vine. If you're close to me, if you're connected to me, uh, you're, you're connected to the Father. It's all about connection, proximity, 
a vine and a branch, except uh, Jesus switches the, the metaphor uh, down a little bit. Um, he says, um, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus says it's, getting to know God is like a chain. He says, God loves me, and I love you, and if you love me, it's like you're loving God. It's that connection point. Um, it's all about uh, connection. Uh, Jesus is the Father. He loves the Son. The Son loves the disciples. The disciples are called to love each other. Um, and, and that's uh, what it means uh, to get closer to God. In this part of the gospel, um, that's, that's what, what Jesus says. If you, if you want to know God, uh, it's not as much knowing about God. It's not memorizing Bible verses, even though that's great. It's not listening to preachers, even though that's, that's fine. Uh, it's not crafting this, like, perfect, beautiful, airtight theology that, that you can fit the whole world into perfectly without any cracks or fissures. Jesus says the way to know God is to get to know his people and to practice loving them. And when you love other people who love Jesus, you're loving Jesus. And when you love Jesus, you're loving God. The way to get to know who God is is to be with him in Christ. And, and we do that by, by being with Jesus. And there are lots of different ways we do that today. Um, we believe that the church is the body of Christ. And so when we gather in worship, when we gather to serve others, uh, when we gather in Bible studies or in uh, coffee conversations, we believe that we are actually in a real way becoming the presence of Christ on earth. Uh, so one way we can be with Jesus is just by being with each other, connecting with other uh, Christians. When we read scripture together, when we pray together, uh, when we practice the very difficult work of loving others together, we get to know who Jesus is. Uh, but that's only part of it. You know, we have to be ready to be with him. Um, but if you're going to get to know God, the other thing that you notice again and again in John, if you're going to get to know who God is, you're going to need to get ready to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, because when you get to know somebody, they, they surprise you. When you really get to know somebody, they, they surprise you. Uh, so I'll ask a, a question. Does anybody here remember, we, we've got people of all ages, do you remember the first um, person that you ever had a crush on? Does anybody remember? Nobody, man. <laughs> you don't have to say who. Do you, do you remember what that's like? And I don't mean the first person that you dated, right? I mean like the first person you saw and you were like, oh yeah, I think I like that person, even though I don't hardly know anything about them, right? Yeah, we, we've all been there uh, for me. Uh, I remember I was in third grade, and there was this little girl named Danielle, and I still remember her name. I don't remember any of my other classmates' names. Uh, and, and I had this huge crush on her. She was in my third grade class, and I'd look over there. There'd be Danielle, and I had this, like, beautiful image. You've ever had a crush on somebody? You, you build up this, like, incredible idea of who they are and what all their qualities are. You create this relationship in your mind, and she moved, <laughs> And I was devastated. Little, little boy Todd was, was devastated. And that only just made it bigger, you know. It was just like this mystery person uh, that left. Um, and, I, you know, you could create this whole, that's what's fun about having a crush on someone. You can create this whole person 
that never lets you down, uh, that's perfect in every way, that never asks you to do something you don't want to do because they're over there and you're over here. Well, I think some of us, um, we, we get to know Jesus that, that way. <laughs> I think we love Jesus from afar. We, we love an idea of Jesus. Maybe it's um, something you've been told by others. Someone's helped you create this beautiful picture of who, who Jesus is, and he always lines up with what you already think. Um, but like all good crushes, uh, when you see the reality of the person, uh, the image doesn't hold up, right? As soon as that relationship went from a distant crush to a, a real connection, it turns out they weren't the person you thought they were. Because when you really get to know somebody, they surprise you, right? I remember a year after Erin and I got married, she surprised me by telling me she didn't like Chipotle as much as I thought she did, and it was heartbreaking, if you guys know me. It was, we went there, I kid you not, probably three or four times a week for the first four years of our relationship, and she finally said, Todd, I put up with this for a long time, and, and I was crushed, but when you get to know somebody in a real relationship, they surprise you because knowing someone, being with somebody, is, it's just different than knowing about them, isn't it? You can know lots of facts about somebody. You can know lots of Bible verses about Jesus. You can know lots of facts about who, who God is. Uh, but if you're not in relationship with him, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up. Uh, we can become quite uh, dedicated to our ideas about Jesus. Christians love to fight over who, who Jesus is. You know, we build them up from theologies we learned as kids or certain interpretations of scriptures and uh, maybe sermons you heard or, or videos you watched and you get this really awesome picture of who, who Jesus is and he never uh, lets you down. He never disagrees with you and you can share his picture on Facebook and get lots of amens from people. Uh, but knowing someone is always going to be different than knowing about them. And if you read the Gospel of John, you'll notice um, everywhere that Jesus went, he, he ruined people's pictures of who they thought God was. Uh, my favorite miracle in the Gospel of John, the very first miracle that Jesus ever does, um, he takes um, ceremonial washing water. Uh, so so they, they did baptism. It was a, a different practice in, in Jesus' day uh, that was kind of modified for the church. But at the wedding, there were these big jars that people had to, had to wash their hands in to be clean. Uh, to do different important things. And in the wedding, he went to this wedding, and there were these big jars full of, of the ceremonial washing water. And, and they ran out of wine at the wedding, and Jesus turned the baptism water <laughs> into wine to keep the party going. Uh, this would have been a surprise to people. This might have bothered some people. That's not what that was for. Uh, one of the other things that Jesus did that really messed with people's pictures of God is he, is he broke the rules of Scripture. He cared for and healed people on the days of rest. It drove people crazy. One time, he went out of his way uh, to meet one-on-one -on -one with a woman who had a bad reputation, who was out by a well, belonged to a foreign people group. It drove even his disciples crazy. Uh, one time when Jesus lost a friend, uh, he did something that God, uh, we, we don't see God do uh, anywhere else really in the Old Testament. He, he wept. He cried uh, bitter 
tears, God himself wept in pain because he lost his friend. That's right, the God who made everything, the God who controls life and death, he got down in the mud of human existence and he wept. And it was hard for people to deal with. That wasn't a, a good, a strong, manly thing for him to do. Sometimes we, we even push that image of Jesus away because it bothers us. But there he was, surprising us. And finally, of course, uh, the ultimate thing that he did that surprised everyone was that at the end of his life, God himself, uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, allowed himself to be captured and killed by, by an army Uh, He hung helpless on a cross and died a shameful death. Uh, When he had all the power in the world, all the ability to fight back and defend himself and protect himself, Jesus allowed himself to be killed on behalf of the people that hung him on the tree and on behalf of us. Uh, The Bible even says, cursed is someone who's hung on a tree, and yet Jesus hung cursed on a tree. When we get to know who Jesus is, he surprises us. And if you read the Gospel of John, you'll find again and again and again that most of the people that got to know Jesus a little bit more, they they couldn't handle it, and they walked away. Uh, Most of the time when we get to know uh, a bigger picture of who Jesus is, uh, oftentimes we find out that we prefer the image we had before. Uh, We prefer uh, the idol, the self-contained theology that we've been carrying about God, the one that never challenges us, the one that never asks us to do something we don't want to do. We prefer that picture over an actual relationship with God. And, and John, the Gospel of John, has, is just example after example after example of what that looks like. But, but some, um, some stayed. Some held on even when Jesus did things they didn't get, even when Jesus uh, challenged their Uh, beliefs, and they let Jesus transform their ideas about God. And what Jesus told them, uh, what John says was was true, right? In in John uh, 1, 11, it says, he came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. But to those who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Some people were willing to be changed by the person that they met. And that is our, our invitation uh, as Christians, uh, to come together, to be with one another and, and read Scripture together and pray together and worship together so that we may be with Christ and to be ready to be transformed, to be ready to be changed, to be ready to be confronted by the reality of a God who doesn't perfectly line up with the image that we want to create of him. Amen? Amen. So in a moment, uh, we're going to baptize uh, baby Vea. We're going to bring her literally. This is, this is what, we're, what we're doing together, and we're doing it all together. We're, we're literally trying to bring her to, to Jesus, uh, physically, up to the waters of baptism. Uh, before we baptize her, uh, her parents are going to make promises to, to do that, to bring Vea to the presence of Jesus, to uh, find ways to, to connect uh, with the people of God, with the church, uh, so that one day she'll claim the promises that they're going to make on her behalf as her own. So that one day she might say, yes, I desire to be with Jesus, to accept uh, the grace of his sacrifice 
uh, on my own. Uh, that's what we do in, in confirmation. Uh, so before we do, her parents are going to make promises. They're going to promise to show her the way to keep bringing her physically to Jesus, to the church, so that she might come to know who Jesus is. Her godparents are going to come up and promise to support her parents in that. Uh, you all, as the church, because we don't baptize alone, we baptize as the community, the family of faith, you guys are going to promise to do your part so that Vea might meet the person of Jesus uh, right here in this church and over the course of her life. Uh, all of us together, we're bringing uh, baby Vea to Jesus, and we're going to promise to keep uh, doing what we can to bring her uh, to him. Uh, not to this building, but to the people that love Jesus and love each other. And our hope is, uh, when we do a baptism, when we raise any child or person in the church, our hope is, is that by being connected with Christ's church and people that love and care about her, just like all of us that are in this building, our hope is that she'll get to know Jesus through that. That she'll learn who God is by getting to know God's people who look like God's son, who looks like the father. And so when we gather with each other in proximity, in repeated connection, when we sing praises and pray for each other and open God's word and share the hard things that are going on and call and pray and show up and serve food, when we do those things, and, and those are all expressions of our love for one another, we're getting to know God and his people. Now, that's, that's why we worship. That's, that's what we're doing. That's why we bring a child into the church because we believe that by doing this together in worship, we're getting to know the God of the universe. And so when you make uh, these promises today, uh, I want to in, invite you uh, to, keep, to keep doing that, to find, um, to find a body of Christ to connect to a group of difficult people to love that you can practice loving in Christ's name, right? There's a lot of difficult people in churches to love. This guy more than maybe most. <laughs> to put your faith in Christ and keep coming together with others to get to know the God that loves you so much freely than is imaginable. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about our church, our live stream, and our in-person services at BethelCove.org. Thanks and have a great week.